So restlessness and worry. Did anybody have any during their meditation? Or are you all peaceful? Maybe I'm stirring you up now. <laughs> so, um, you know, what, what conditions tend to stir up worry or restlessness for you? I know I was thinking about, um, a lot of times for me, conditions that are important when there's something going on that's important, but I really have very little control over. It's a situation where I might get restless or have worry. Um, another situation is maybe when I'm, you know, feel I'm going to be evaluated, or, um, you know, that that could bring up some worry. What about you? There's a couple of mics on the floor. Anybody willing to offer some examples of times that? Uh, the mind starts to worry and the body gets restless. And it can happen together or separately. For me, um, health uncertainties mm-hmm. will definitely kick up worry. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's a good one. Um, I notice restlessness when I'm learning something new and it's challenging. It's kind of putting me on that edge. And so I'm trying to have this mindset that even though it's restlessness, it's a good thing. Mm, Nice, Kelly. That's nice. Um, I get worried when time is limited and I haven't achieved what I planned for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. The pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike, there's a mic right there. So you mentioned a case where something's important and you don't have much uh, power. There's For me, there's also a case where it's important or at least semi-important, and I can do something about it, but I'm not sure what. Uh, 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 mm. Yeah, I was thinking you were going to say, something needs to happen, and I have a lot of power to do it. That could make me worried and restless, too. (laughs) Yeah. So, I notice a lot of restlessness when I'm bored, because that's when I tend to try to escape restlessness by diving into the apps on my phone or looking, you know, doom scrolling. Uh-huh. Um, and I tend to do that, I think, as a way to avoid the experience of restlessness. Yeah. Or, excuse me, the experience of boredom. Yeah. Yeah. Procrastination. And it makes you worry or makes you restless or both? No, oh no, worry. The things, three things I really absolutely have to do, and there's a deadline. Yeah, that, and I don't do them. Uh huh. And also health issues. Uh huh, yeah, yeah. These are really great, uh, great examples. And, um, you know, it's a, a fairly common experience in life, right? To have worry and, and restlessness come up. Um, there's a couple of things that can be helpful. One is to think about um, there's maybe a difference between fear and anxiety, and, and anxiety can kind of, I was on, maybe on the edge of worry and would really probably be classified as aversion. But um, fear is about something real, and anxiety is about something imagined. So I'm just saying that sort of to help. That's the, kind of this extreme outer edge and um, would belong more to the category of aversion, something I know I don't want, right? 
And worry is often men connected to regret and remorse. You know, but it's also, you know, we've gotten quite good at thinking about like, well, what, what if this? What if they don't like? What if they don't like this kind of cheese and they like that kind of cheese? You know, there's a lot of ways. We have so many uh, conveniences and choices in our life. Um, want to please people, right? Often, some of us do anyway. And so we can, there's many opportunities to, to think about things in a way that starts to become, you know, this rather unhelpful way. There's too much of it. And um, often, too, there are things that contribute to it. Um, a lot of times, you, know, you brought up boredom. What is boredom? I, I tend to think it's when we're checking out, when we're not present. And usually that's because there's something else before it that we don't want to be tuning into, perhaps. Um, so repressed anger, frustration, or repressed desires can lead to a lot of restlessness as well. Um, actually, long, provocative conversations can lead to some restlessness, this feeling of agitation, right? Um, And, you know, sometimes small things can have big ripples. Um, Somebody was telling me about, uh, this is not really small, actually, but I'll tell you about it anyway. They were at a visit for um, a chiropractic visit, and the chiropractor just happened to mention that they had been a prisoner of the Khmer Rouge when they were four. Yeah. So sometimes this was said for this person who's done tremendous healing, you know, is just sort of in this matter-of-fact way, but the impact it had on the other person hearing it was quite profound. Yeah. And um, another thing that can really stir it up is dwelling on our past unskillful actions. Right? Mm. (laughs) Which, you know, I say it like that, but I'll also say that, you know, being remorseful and regretful is really important to learn from our mistakes. Not in a way that causes um, excessive shame and rumination, but in a way to own what we've done that didn't feel so wholesome. Yeah. So, the other thing that's really interesting about this hindrance is that it actually can be extremely subtle. So, like, if you're in a deep sort of meditation um, and everything's still, it might manifest in a very small way, like, oh, there's nothing happening right now. Like just instead of staying with the stillness, the mind makes this comment or starts to to kind of, the commentary starts to come in. Um, It also can be very hard to sit. Has anybody tried to sit and stay in a seated posture when their body is like moving? (laughs) It, It can be uncomfortable. It can require a lot of courage and commitment and determination to stay. To stay. And sometimes my body still moves. You know, I'm, tr- I'm working hard, but there's so much energy that, the, the, that the, there's involuntary movement that can happen. Um, I like this um, I'm going to read you a little writing maybe it's a poem, I'm not sure but it's um, probably by Nick Askew The Grand Predicament A fear of not belonging drives much of what we do and how we are Unknowingly it can define the experience of a life Most of us live with an underlying sense that we are not yet enough and assume that until we are, we cannot truly belong. We assume that we must become a better version of ourselves, 
but we're never quite enough in this relentless pursuit of belonging. We are lost to a never-ending self-improvement. Might we have been looking out there when all along it had been within? To me, this speaks to a layer of, of worry or restlessness that we engage with. You know, this, am I good enough? Do I look good enough? You know, am I showing up well enough? Am I interesting enough? Am I funny enough? Am I smart enough? Am I tall enough? You know, I just could go on and on. I mean, it's, it's pretty chronic. He goes on to say, might we already be the version we'd been seeking? Beyond the endless game of fixing what is seemingly broken, there exists a profound experience of knowing that there is no one to fix. That we are enough as we are, and that we belong without condition. Yet we cannot seek and hope to find this, as its nature is to find us and to consume us with no doubt. I love that. Consume us with no doubt. It's the opposite of doubt, right? No one can teach us this. We cannot learn this. In a moment of surrender, in a moment of not seeking, the experience can be renown. Nothing changes, but everything is somehow different. And then everything begins its transformation. Liberation, peace, and all that follows is the work of inner view. Enoughness. Good enough. So do you have a sense of restlessness and worry? Do you have a sense of what this is as a hindrance, how it shows up for you? It's so familiar, right? It's so common. Is anyone struggling? Because we're going to do a guided practice and I'm going to have you work with something. So does anyone have any questions about it at this point? Okay. So... I'll, I'll be talking and I'll do sort of be providing information but I invite you to take it as a, a guided meditation practice and at one point I'll be inviting you to bring something to mind from your own life that you can work with you can turn toward and we're going to use the raft pra- practice which there are handouts so don't worry if you don't, you know, if you need a reminder of what the steps are. In fact, I actually wrote a very specific raft practice for this tonight, and I forgot to bring it. But I'll bring it next week. So, but the outline for raft is on a paper out front. So raft is an acronym. And it stands for recognize, allow, feel, tease apart, and then trust. So we move through these phases and we'll be using your, you will be in your own mind, heart, body, an example of something that brings up some worry or some restlessness for you. Please note the word some, as in not a lot. And when we first start working with a quality like this, we don't want to overwhelm ourselves. We want to be kind. We want to grow our confidence and not overwhelm, right? So if at any point you find yourself feeling overwhelmed, stop, pause, put your hand on your dear heart, take some breaths, and then reorient. Choose another example or just choose to ground and center yourself, right? Take care of your your beautiful bodies, hearts, and minds. So I'm assuming that as we've been brainstorming, you've been kind of thinking about times and places you feel restless or worry. Some of you have named them. 
So go ahead and bring a situation to mind. And track how you're responding as you do so. There's something called, you know, uh, it's called SUDS. How, oh, I can't remember the acronym that it stands for, but it's um, how activated are you? Symptoms of duress? Subjective how, units of distress. There we go. Subjective <laughs> units of distress. So um, how stimulating, how distressing is it on a scale of 1 to 10? If it's over a 4, pick something else. <laughs> on your scale of 1 to 10. So just bringing it to mind and tracking how activated you feel. I'm sorry, so the, the stress scale, if... If it's higher than a 4, pick, something else, pick something else for this. Exactly. And it doesn't matter, really. It doesn't need to be anything perfect and... You know, just it's really about like sort of letting yourself exercise with something. So you want it to be fairly mild and simple and not so extravagant. So noticing how present you are. Can you feel your feet and your hands? Can you be aware of the situation and feel your breath? So taking a minute to do this recognizing just a bit of a kind of maybe a subtle noting or naming. Recognizing what's happening in the present moment. So for you, when you bring this situation up, turn toward the experience that arises. Turn toward the kinds of thoughts that come feelings that come, the sensations that come. Right here, right now, I notice restlessness. And I recognize what is it you can recognize right now? The A in raft is to allow. Is it possible to give permission to this experience to be present? For awareness and this experience to coexist. And notice if there is a sense of resistance or if there is a sense of, yeah, okay, I can be with this. If there's resistance, turn toward the resistance itself. Recognize it. And just be allowing with resistance. Allowing is simple and that it is acknowledging something that is already here it is not an endorsement agreement it's a simple kind of okay I'm not going to try and make you erase you you're already happening I can allow you to be present in my being my mind, my heart, my body. It may be unpleasant. It 
But if we can allow, then perhaps we can move into feeling it in our bodies. That's the F of raft. Find and feel it in your body. Sensations are the language of the body and feeling them is how we listen. Noticing tension, bracing, pressure, movement, coolness or warmth. And with restlessness, it's very helpful to create a larger space. So imagining a mind broad and wide, a body broad and wide, letting things have room to bounce around, to move around. And see if you can be with the sensations in a simple way. Being patient. Maybe even inviting yourself to soften next to them. Orienting more toward the felt than the thoughts, the stories, the belief. Staying with it in the body. Even after it dissipates, even as it grows, holding it like two hands wide open nest plenty of space no pressure You can stay with the feelings and sensations for as long as it feels right. As things become clear to you, you can start to move into teasing apart, which is really about bearing witness, about allowing all the different components that are present to have space. Almost imagine a cathedral, this large space, you know, some some open forest, redwood grove, some place sacred that can hold all the different components that can be contributing to whatever the worry and the restlessness are. It's helpful to bring a sense of witnessing, this bearing witness. Being more interested in observing than being right or figuring it out. We've already sort of maybe teased apart a little bit like the sensations in the body Maybe they, and the feelings, emotions, they can have their own space. Maybe there's the story, the backstory. Maybe there's this particular situation and it has its own little 
nest in this forest or a chair at the table. Maybe there's a belief I've got to do it right or I need to finish it before my time runs out. Or if I have this, it means I'm going to have that. Oh, I don't want that. Just keep expanding in a way, allowing more room. Taking this wide view. Letting things be witnessed with the caring gaze. Frustrations, desires, aversions. at some point feel like oh maybe I'll go sit down next to this part and just be with it for a minute maybe it's a memory from your third grade side by side taking time with each visitor If there is something that is particularly strong and pulling your attention, you might ask, what do you need from me? Or what do you need, more simply? try again pulling this vision, the perspective away and taking a broader view when the time is right. Sort of seeing all the pieces together, all the things that have come together in this moment to create this experience. at some point if there is some clarity or some sense of yes okay I see it all it's here now it's seen well enough it might be helpful yes again to recognize oh and this is manifesting as a hindrance making it difficult for me to see clearly and just notice how even naming that can help settle Oh, restlessness feels like this and looks like this. Worry sounds like this and feels like this. Oh, it's a visiting. And the last T in the raft is to trust.
trusting in mindfulness, in our capacity to be aware, to see things clearly. Even to see clearly, we're not seeing clearly, is to see clearly. Trust is also a state of letting go. A resting, an allowing, a little bit like for me sitting back in a chair. can you trust about your practice here? What can you trust about your mindfulness? It might be as simple as, oh, I better not make any decisions when I'm feeling like this. I know that wouldn't be a good idea. And as you bring the situation to mind again, notice if there's any different feeling in the body. Notice if if there's any difference in how you are with your scenario, your experience that you brought up. So, what happened in your raft? What came up for you? Mike, there's a mic right there. And where's the second microphone? Great. Thanks, Michelle. Anybody willing to share? Tracy, thank you. So, things might start out at less than a four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the more I think about mm-hmm. them, the bigger they get. Yeah. Um, and so then I, I need Did you to take just, care of yourself? Yeah. Chill out, back off. Nice job. <laughs> um, think of something else. Good job, Tracy. Excellent. Very, very skillful. And how are you now? I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the half a glass of water I left on my computer table and if my cats are going to knock it <laughs> But, you know, what can I do about it here? <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to notice um, and get to know a little bit? Did you recognize some patterns that were happening in the mind and the body? Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm a very good worrier, Tanya. Mm. <laughs> So I'm learning how to talk myself off the edge. Good. You did a good job here tonight, you know, recognizing and shifting. Good job. Anyone else willing to share? Great, great. There's a mic right there. Um, Yeah, in all honesty, my mind just drifted the whole time because... I'm just so inherently worried about 
mm-hmm. miscellaneous stuff that's greater than a four. Mm. So uh, while I was trying to think of stuff that was less than a four, everything just became compounded. And if I were to mm. make a picture of it, it was like very rough surf on a rough ocean day, every, kind of like a whirlpool. So Great. just like know. the Buddha said, <laughs> I don't know if that happened to anyone else, but yeah, that was, it's my, well, Greg's asking, did anyone else have that? Tracy kind of did. Yep. And you did too. Yep. And did. Okay. You drifted off, so maybe what happens is mm-hmm, rest, sloth and torpor can be a way of another hindrance is another way of responding to a hindrance. We can be like, I can't deal with this, and so we drift off, you know. And so, but you you were aware that you were. Uh, yeah, I I was aware. Of it. I was aware of the randomness of the uh-huh, good. kind of quasi-sleep, quasi, uh-oh, this is way before bedtime. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the, it, it maybe there's some skillfulness there in the minds, right, that are moving in that direction. Because if if we're too, if we still believe in our thoughts, if we believe all of our thoughts if we don't have the strength of the mindfulness in the moment, we can definitely get carried down the stream, can't we? And knowing when we're getting carried away and then doing something to help us not keep going is very skillful. And maybe in smaller doses, you start to try and turn toward and do this practice in a quick way, short way, just to start to feel and learn to be a little bit more stable when facing these kinds of things inside of ourselves so that we have a little more, you know, choice, really. A little more, less being, a little bit less persuaded and influenced by the worry and the restlessness, right? Does that make sense? Anyone else want to share something? So I, uh, I was also Is it on? No. no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hello. There. Okay. <laughs> so it seemed on that scale that I either had things that were really minimal mm-hmm. or really big. So I kept trying to find something in the middle that was restless, like a four or five. And finally, I just thought, since I was ping-ponging from extreme to little things, I just got into my body to feel it, and I just started feeling like a, a centered area around my shoulder. And, and then the best thing was the expansiveness. Uh-huh. And once I felt the expansiveness, like the as big as the universe and floating up in the planets, and I, everything felt fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, this is all so small compared to the vastness. Yeah. So that was an amazing letting go of all of it, even the trying to figure out the extreme or the minimal restlessness. Which one do I pick, you know? Great. Great, Lisa. Great. Anything else? Yeah, great, please. Oh. It was uh, what you said triggered something for me. I mean, I was trying to stick with something small and the mind just kept sucking into this this big black thing that's hanging over me. And you know, I can go through the the steps and I know I know what the beliefs are underneath that's that's Great. pulling it around. Great. But the beliefs are true. Uh-huh. You know, there's there's just no wiggling on them mm-hmm. and it's just agitating and I spend a lot of time drifting off into, um, you know, plots created for books that I've read. And, <laughs> and I had never 
thought of that as being a way of dealing with the restlessness and worry. But I think, because I'm feeling trapped on some of this stuff, and there's like, I don't see the way out. Well, that's fine. We'll just leave. Yeah. And and I, that, that gives that's a useful insight as to why I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's very sticky, too. It's like, I'm there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And can we have compassion, you know, there, for, for that movement, right? Looking for some refuge. You know, the mind is looking for refuge. Now, is that really the best refuge? Maybe in the moment it is, you know. And we, we hope we can create more compassion, more wisdom, more more loving kindness, more more spaciousness. And I know that for me, um, you know, this might be too, Anne, where you're moving into some of the aversion, the fear. is It's more like in that zone than in the, the just the worry is what I'm hearing, you know. And, um, you know, so the loving kindness practice is also a beautiful antidote. Um, but... Sometimes for me when I'm... You, you brought up medical, so I have no idea if that's the area, but for me, when, when I've had to face possible... Poss- it's like in that zone of I don't know yet. I've found that it wasn't enough to just be like, well, we're waiting, we're waiting. I had to like, yes, okay, yes, it might be... Blah, 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 blah. You know, I had to like literally be like, yeah, okay, it might be that, yes, and that might mean yes. But do I know? But do I know? Do I definitively know right now? Yes or no? No. So what's really true right now is that I don't know. And yes, because it's going to jump out at me, it could be this. And yeah, it could. So I had to really be like, yes. And I don't know. For me, for that part to settle, it's like, you know, because it's like so, yeah, you know. But once we get even that, yes, there's going to be a million more. Okay, do we know how long? Do we know what I'm going to respond like? No. (laughs) Yes, maybe. But it's a lot of this having to meet sometimes these these stronger things with a, a bit of fierceness to meet that energy. Um, but then to step back and go, and I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Thank you. Um, I think... I kind of don't look for anything below four these days because everything is above four. You but, can you can you hear me now? Can you turn them? Can you turn okay. it up, Richard? Is it, can you move? <laughs> Thank you. Is it blue or green? Blue. It's green. It's it's green. I, okay. There, there, there okay. we go. Okay. Okay. Um, so I. I find myself in a constant state of above four. About a four? Above four. There's nothing below four. Above four. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I don't even try to look for it anymore. But part of the thing is that staying in that zone of above four and ruminating and letting my mind, letting it run amok, I find that A, I get solutions when I've gone through the darkness and sometimes my intuition actually i can i i know things so it kind of becomes an important part of how i am and then yes of course invariably i i realize okay i need to kind of pull myself out of it and that's when the stillness and becoming aware and everything sort of plays a role so it becomes a hindrance but it's also something i find useful in my life uh, and one thing I found really helpful when you were guiding us today was you said, if it's a memory, sit by it. And that was very, very helpful to separate myself, mm-hmm. even for that minute. Yeah. So I'm going to try and remember that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so with all of these, you know, experiences that arise, they move, they get, there's something about the chemistry of, of being with them, but not of them. To, to be with and bear witness, to stand with in a way that is intimate enough but not entangled, allows this part to feel felt, heard, seen. And there's something about that that really can allow things to start to relax. And it frees us up from over-identification. We're, we're, there are all these visitors in this room, right, of this experience. And we're not any one of these things. They're all part of our experience, but we're not any one of them. None of them can define us. Thank you. That's very helpful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing what you did. All right. Shall we move into breakout groups? Yeah? So let's um, let's find groups of uh, maybe four. would be good. So what I would want to invite you to do is, and I'm going to time you, is to give each person two minutes to talk about, in the teasing apart, what showed up. And... You know, maybe you weren't clear about it then, but you can talk now about the different components, the things that are influencing this um, restlessness and worry, right? Does that make sense? So two minutes, I'll, I'll hit the timer, I'll hit the bell, we'll pause, and then we'll move to the next person. And, and um, when it's your turn to share, you're sharing for yourself. You don't need to make sense to other people. You really don't. It's just getting to, you get to say whatever words you're, you're wanting to say that will help you articulate what's going on for you. So don't, don't try and explain things in a way people will get it. Okay? Great. Okay, and so um, how about the person who has the most number of colors on goes first? <laughs> And go ahead and begin, and I'll ring the bell at two minutes. Is anybody willing to share uh, a little bit about what happened in your group? Uh, what your what your takeaway is? Confusion. <laughs> Nobody wants to speak. Thank you. Um, I won't say too much for my group, but uh, I love the tease apart phase. Mm. And um, what I like about it is when I'm very intentionally going through how do I separate these things out, I feel like it gives me choice mm-hmm. on what it is I'm going to focus on so I move through that next phase of trust, feeling like I've got some agency and I was thoughtful and intentional. So I love the tease apart phase. And then um, what I shared with my group at the end as I love these Thursday night small group chats because hearing other people say what's happening for them, it's usually so relatable yeah. and it's really so nice. So thank you. Thank you, Kelly, for saying that. I was really hoping that by hearing each other say the things that come up in that teasing apart that you would feel some sense of, oh, I'm not alone. Go ahead. Well, I was in the same group as Kelly, and um, just made me think of a, a list that my late girlfriend left. It was Dharma pleasures that she had, and uh, she had Dharma friendship, and it was a willingness to be seen mm. and 
I said, no. To see and to share, basically, to see ourselves and others in our strength and in our desperation. And mm. I, it's, mm. it's one of the last things she wrote, I think. Aww. Well, I, I think that's what... I don't want to speak for the group, but that that's what we kind of decided was that, or shared that you realize that minds do these things and that we have ways that we can work with them. And it's kind of a comfort that we all are dealing with the same things really. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Well, that could be just enough. If there's nothing else that wants to be shared, that seems quite enough. Really beautiful. So thank you for thank you for your practice and you know, may may it be of benefit to you. Whatever it was, you know, whether it was just being sitting in community, whether it was connecting with something of clarity, whatever benefit there is in coming, may feel into it. Let, it. let it come to you. Let it be like the shy little squirrel or rabbit that hops over and sits in your lap and pet it a little bit. Take a little time with this little sweet thing. The memory of your wise former partner's words, whatever it was. And, and then go out into the world and share it. Share it with others and may, may our practice be of benefit to all beings everywhere, without exception. Thank you for your practice. <laughs>